Hey everyone, welcome to Ultimate Awesomeness Podcast. Is um is Steven here and I have um Spider and um Prophet. Well you can just call me E, I guess. Okay. This is fine. either way. Hey guys. Fine. Hey. Hi. Hey. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure to see everyone uh that is joining us today. I'm glad uh that you know, we have a second episode to shoot again. We had fun the first time. So much fun that we were here for three hours. It was nuts. Yeah. Uh, Let's hope we don't make another three hours. <laughs> if the people want it, then the people get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess before we start the podcast, I, I want to ask you guys, uh, to, how was your weeks? Is is there anything you want to share at all? Like, uh, did you do anything fun, comic-related, or Go ahead, Steven. Did you do anything fun? No, hold on. Because <laughs> I know my mic is setting that kind of wrong. Well, you know, okay. I, I guess I'll, I'll start it off um, just so we don't have right. some dead air. Uh, I was able to go to uh, my first official con. Like, I went to one con in South Carolina uh, one time, but it, I don't really think it counts. So I went to the Big Apple Con this year, and I got some stuff signed instead of just walking around. I, uh, I spent, I spent $60 just to like get in the door and get some stuff signed that I wanted. So I really didn't want to spend too much money on comic books, but, uh, I got some really good signatures. I got Assad Riddick to sign some stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, he signed my Black Panther issue two, the series first appearance. Oh my god. Uh, I was so happy about that. He signed my Toxin one. Um, Versus, and I also got signatures from uh, the the Marvel Zombies dude, Sudium. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, Arthur something, Arthur Sudium, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And he was a cool dude. We just sat and, like, talked for 20 minutes. He was a cool guy. Um, he made me pay $30 to get the signatures, but we're not going to talk about them. Oh, is it, was it, was it, um, cause usually they have a certain threshold afterwards you have to pay. Was it, how many books did you get signed? Uh, it didn't matter how many books you got signed. How it worked is if you wanted to get his signature, then you had to buy one of his prints, one of his like, uh, there were comics oh, that he had. Yeah, and he also had a bunch of posters. The one I bought was like this cool ass. I'm, I'm showing it to the stream. It's this cool ass, uh, Deadpool Beatles poster. So like, it's them walking. I, I, I don't know which album cover this is, which is, uh, disgraceful, but it's that album cover where they're crossing the street. Oh, the Beatles, um, the Beatles album, but I can't remember, uh, which album it was. But you know what I'm talking about, right? They're like in a line. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, I mean, I'm so stupid. It's Abbey Road. That's what it was. <laughs> Is it? That that yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they they. they I'm like saying the, the the street. I can't remember what the uh, album's called. Yeah, fucking Abbey Road. Well, there you go. I just learned something new today. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he has Abbey Road and he put Deadpool in it, and I was like, oh, all right, let's get it. <laughs> oh, do, do you do you have that in front of you? By I do. The way? Yeah. Um, so, so I guess there are four characters crossing the road. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the second character from the left barefoot? No. See, that's what they said. He was supposed to be barefoot because I spoke to someone about it, but he's not. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. The uh, only reason I know that, so, sorry, no, I mean, not, not to 
digress or anything, but I, oh. I did a paper once on, on the Beatles and on this conspiracy theory that Paul was dead. If you guys have ever uh, heard of it. I know about it, yeah. And the thing about it is, it, it's actually so complex. There are so many things that allude to, to Paul being dead that I, I think what I ultimately conclude in the paper, it was, it was for college, it was years ago, was that there was just so much evidence that there was no way it was a coincidence that what happened was, because, you know, um, what's this, John Lennon and, and Paul McCartney, especially John, was known to fuck with fans. And so I think they, they, they heard about this rumor, this conspiracy, and they, they basically helped it grow. So they played along by adding all these different clues. One of the clues was that Paul was barefoot. And I think it had to do with the fact that you're buried barefoot or something in some in, in some uh, form of ritual. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's just very interesting, and that's why I brought it up. That's genius marketing, if I can say yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so um, what else did you get, Sam? Who else did you meet? Uh, th- that was really it. I met Ivan Brandon, who also did, uh, the Versus, um, the Versus series, which is out right now. I'm happy that I got those signed. And, uh, I just got one comic that day, something that I was looking for. Uh, the Thor, God of Thunder. Uh, so I got that Gore series. I've been looking for the Gore comics, so the fact that I was able to find that was pretty dope. The God Busher. The God Butcher, yes. Right, yeah, that was yeah. a good one. Yeah, I missed out that whole one, so when I found it, I was like, <gasps> and it was only two bucks, so. Oh, nice. Yeah, but uh, I guess that's it for me. Uh-huh. Um, I've been I've been mostly catching up on some comics that. So what I found out today was that I buy a lot of books. Um, I buy a lot of number ones because they pique my interest, and then you know, my. my my intention is if I enjoy them down the line, I'll get a trade or I'll get the missing issues. But mm. they've been piling up for years, and I only got around to reading them uh, this this uh, this week. And I did enjoy a couple of them. When we talk about the comics that we read um, later on, I guess we can discuss them uh, a bit more in detail. Actually, what I did, um, I guess this is comic book related. Um, I think it was Saturday. I was taking a break from some project that I was working on, our project, and I decided to go on Reddit, and uh, I started a thread where I asked people to suggest um, a character, and I would draw, like, a quick five- to ten-minute uh, head sketch mm-hmm. of the character. I ended up overshooting that goal. I ended up spending, like, maybe 20 minutes on each one. Um, I think <laughs> I, did, I did, like, maybe 12. It, it was mostly kind of an a test for me to see how quickly I can draw something and how happy I'd be with the quality. Um, overall, I wasn't too happy with it, but there were a couple that I really liked. Um, but that that was basically it for me in terms of comics-related things. you got to do me a favor. you got to please send me that link and send me uh, your Reddit account if you want, because I know people find that as private as, like, <laughs> their, their uh, search history. So, like... <laughs> Um, I, I could definitely post that on on the stream. I would love to see the work, definite. Sure, I'll send it. I'll send it right now. Um, just bear in mind that these are very quick, um, very quick drawings, so they're not really indicative of my my better work. Okay. Let's just say. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think better work is always um, better when it's like done alone, <laughs> or like 
when you're so focused on it, you're not worried about. It's just you drawing by yourself. You know? Right. You're not live or people watching you. I'm actually going to pull this up right now. I want to see it. Because I know people get intimidated when people are watching them. <laughs> Even when it comes to, like, video games. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, because I watch my boyfriend play video games sometimes. Like, don't watch me. I, he's like, he starts fucking up <laughs> real bad. And I'm like, okay, I'll just go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he, uh, I guess he doesn't want to be part of the podcast. <laughs> no, he doesn't read comic books that often. That's why. Okay. Yeah. So what about you, Stephen? What have you been up to? Um, not much. I mean, I went to, I went to a bar and had some drinks and tacos with my boyfriend <laughs> to celebrate my birthday. That's about it. And oh, that's right. I saw Prophet telling you happy, hey, happy birthday. When was it? Yesterday. <laughs> oh, nice. Happy birthday, man. Thanks. Yeah. And, uh, I got my Action Comics 1000 on print. Oh, cool. How did you like that? It was, I don't, the issue was terrible, but. Oh, it was? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but was it? I still, I'm so glad that, you know, Action Comics reached to 1,000 issues. I'm just, right. I guess I'm just glad for the landmark more than just what was inside there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I actually read a lot yesterday and only found like three good stories and that's about it. Was the Bendis story any good? Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It's just, I mean, I was surprised that he wasn't the worst one. It was the other ones that was worse. That was pretty bad. Okay. I think the only ones that were good was like, uh, was, uh, Dan Jurgens, um, Bendis, and, um, Tom King. Yeah, she had a good one there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Can I say I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at this artwork for for only 20 minutes. These have a lot of detail, a lot of detail. I'm looking at a what is this? Profit. I loved uh, the Judge Dread one was great. That one I like. That one I actually do like. Yeah. Oh yeah, Peter Tomasi was also good. Yes. So yeah, it's about four stories that I liked. Ah. But yeah, no, hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah, I like these a lot. You got skills. Thanks. Thank you. All right. So I guess since we got uh, last week out of the way, without further ado, let's get into the topic for this week. Yeah. Uh, a little, uh, a little. Uh, what is it, procrastination? I don't think that's the right word. It's a little anticipation for this one because it was supposed to be done last week, but, I mean. Yeah, it got... A little postponed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finding time was, was a problem. But uh, at least we got the schedule now and everything. So um, I don't know if you want to introduce it, Stephen, or. Um, I think we'll introduce the the DC Zoom and Ink titles first. Yeah, so last week, I guess, we looked at the Marvel, the upcoming Marvel titles. And um, to, to be honest, I mean, what we did last week, by the way, is not something I usually do. Um, after going through, you know, in detail, 
um, talking about each and each, each and every single one of those. I realize that what I do is I only read to the extent where I'm convinced to buy a comic usually. Hmm. And if I read to the end, I usually am not going to buy the comic. Um, what I like to do is I, I like to um, know as little as possible going in. So usually a writer, you know, just seeing the name of a writer would get me to buy a book. Sometimes I have to read a little bit into the copy. Um, so what we did last time was actually quite interesting because, like, I had no idea what the Immortal Hulk was was going to be about until Prophet kind of talked about it and then we read it. And now I'm really excited about it because otherwise I would have gone in, read the book as if it was a normal Hulk comic. I would have probably been disappointed because of that um, expectation. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, so last week we did go through all the upcoming, uh, I guess it's called Marvel Fresh Start. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marvel's Fresh Start. And um, on the other side, we've got DC, who've got, well, they've got things a little bit differently. So they've got a lot of these new new comics coming out after uh, Metal, but they've also got three different imprints. Um, they've yeah. got DC Zoo, Zoom and Ink, and as well as the... Black Label and Sandman imprints, and um, that's all. Yeah, I knew I knew about Black Label, but I didn't know about Zoom and Ink. I mean, are are they doing? Are are they going a direction with those as well? Like, I know Young Animals is more the artistic side, but do they say? Well, this is more of a children, yeah, um, style. I guess it's for for children and teenagers. Yeah, yeah. I think one one is for like kids and one is for young adults. I think yeah. that's that's what they're um, that's what they're aimed at. Okay. Um, yeah, and then we got Black Label, which is a little bit different. It's it's more of a uh, more kind of a uh, an Elseworlds kind of kind of imprint yeah. where anything happening will not affect continuity. So they can have you know certain artistic licenses and what they do that and it won't impact the uh, the main books. So this brings up an interesting question, just just for me and seeing how. Uh, you know, society works nowadays. Will comic books do as well in this generation of kids that we have, this electronic age? They have a damn iPad when they're three years old, and they're they're telling their parents how to work the shit. Like, will these young titles be as successful as they were 20 years ago? Let's say when that's all they had, really. Mm, I think it. I think it can be because. Uh uh um titles for kids usually didn't never sell well hmm. for some reason and i I'm not sure if it's selling well now, but I remember in the past it they never actually sell well, like they try to do it and ends up getting cancelled because they didn't sell and when you say the past like in the recent ten years uh twenty years I guess the recent ten years because uh like things like um Forgot what titles were they? Um, I know Gotham. It was like a DC Gotham, Little Gotham, yeah. Okay. It didn't last. That's the longest running kids title, but it didn't. It, it's still not as long as usual comic books was. It's like. Well, I'm trying to think about the demographic that I see in the comic stores when I go there, and it's like. I see older gentlemen, people from the last generation that still, you know, built a love for these comics when they were first coming out. But I never see young people. They're like 20s and up that I see. Well, most comic books aren't for kids. <laughs> I think that's the main problem, that most comic books are not for kids. 
even if they're titled as all ages. So I have a six-year-old, and, and mm-hmm. for years now I've struggled to find comic books that are actually appropriate for his age. So at four years old or three when I first started to introduce him to comics, I was looking for something that had very little violence at such a young age, even cartoony violence. Um, and it was a struggle. That was the main thing. Like, I'm, I'm a parent who's actively trying to get his kid into comic books, hmm. and I'm having problems. So I can only imagine a parent who's not as well-versed in comics trying to get their kids into comic books, or even caring about it if they're not into comic books themselves. Hmm. But, it, like, on a monthly basis, I have to actively go out and search through all these solicitations, look at previews, the, the, the actual previews publication, to, to try to find like a comic or two or graphic novel that would be suitable for him. Um, but now that he, now that I did find some, like, you know, Tiny Titans by Art Belthazar and yeah, those other books. Tiny Titans is really good. Yeah, they're very, you know, they're, they're, they're aimed at that, at that demographic, at those very young kids. And they're enjoyable by, by, you know, parents as well. Like I read it with him and I'm not bored. I'm actually enjoying it. Um, That's cool. But yeah. But, um, yeah, so, so it is a struggle to find books like that that are aimed specifically at young kids. I, I assume, like, for me, it wasn't until I was about eight or nine that I started reading comic books, and it was on my own, really. And, and, and by then, most comic books that were on the market were suitable for me. Nowadays, they're not all suitable for even that age. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this imprint. I am excited about this imprint to be honest with you, very excited because it means more comics that I can read with my son. Um, but I'm not sure about how how much it'll help getting more kids into comics that aren't currently reading comics. Hmm. Well, I, like mm-hmm. that. I will say, I will say though, that comic books have now penetrated uh, a, a far larger market than they did even 10 years ago. Like, you go to bookstores, you will find comics. And you didn't yeah. see that? You didn't see that 10 years ago? No, not ten years ago. Not not to the extent that they they, they are you know that they're so commonplace now. And I'm not talking about all comic books, but I'm talking you know certain comic books like um, I can't remember her name, but she did that book Sisters, um, and she also did that other book I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, so so her comic is is pretty much everywhere. Like any bookstore you go, find it. Um, you might not find other comic books, but you'll find specific comics that have penetrated the market, I think, to a far greater extent than they did even 10 years ago. That's interesting. That's that's very interesting. I wasn't expecting to hear that. Um, there's a few that i like to recommend to check out. It's like, oh, uh, oh, kids books? For kids. I, I think it's a little Gotham. Um, is that... Is that actually um, aimed at kids? I mean, yeah, I, it is actually kinda... aimed at kids. It okay. really is. Hmm. I will check that out. Yeah, it actually was aimed for children. And okay. there's really any action. It's more of a joke. It's like more of a comedy book than a action. And um, also, they're like, I'm not sure these are for kids, but Scooby-Doo Team-Up and Team Times Yes. I just found out about Scooby-Doo Team-Up, and it seems like such an interesting premise that it's Scooby-Doo on a monthly basis teaming up with different DC heroes or yeah. even villains. I, I just I like ordered that. the um, 
I ordered the first two trades, and um, I'm starting to pre-order the. It's funny that you mentioned that because just literally like two or three days ago is when I pre-ordered the. Uh, uh, I actually emailed my comic supplier, Discount Comic Book Services, um, and I asked them to just order for me anything that's available last few months, because um, that does seem really interesting and something that's definitely a lot of fun. I wish I could chime in on kids' books, but I, even when I was supposed to be reading kids' books, I wasn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I think uh, my first comic that I read, um, and I was really young, it's between, like, the ages of six and eight, was uh, Deathmate Yellow. Okay. Yeah, so that wasn't meant for me. <laughs> jeez, jeez, yeah, that is really young. I thought I, I, I mean, the first mature comic I ever read, I think, was Strangers in Paradise. Um and that was maybe when I was like 13, 14, I think. But that wasn't too bad. It was just, you know, it, was, it had mature uh, mature subject matter, but it wasn't violent in any way like I would imagine Death Mate is. Okay. I never had read comic books when I was a kid. I just, my brother had comic books and I actually looked at them, but I didn't actually read, I didn't read it. I just looked at the pictures. And I do remember like the X-Men Characters in bathing suits in the 90s. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was so much for kids to see, but right. I did see them when I was young. <laughs> they were pushing that on us, like a uh, complete tangent. Like, I remember when, uh, what was it, Game Informer or one of those old, like, uh, gaming magazines. Like, they came out with the swimsuit edition issue. For these, like, Laura Croft and Blood Rain and... Yeah. Oh, man, I you love that. You see Cable and Roaring and uh, Speedo. Right. Like, okay, this game's <laughs> weird. <laughs> but, all right, I guess uh, let's see what's coming out in uh, DZ Zoom. Um, is there anything that caught your guys' attention on, on this list? Well, like I mentioned earlier, one of my favorite um, creators for all-ages all books, are Art Baltazar and Franco. And they've got their names mixed up here in, in this article. They're saying Art Franco and Baltazar. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, I think these guys are absolutely oh, doing what is the best supposed to be that? <laughs> Sorry? It's supposed what to be Fra- Franco and Art Baltazar. Oh, they, yeah. they gave art to Franco. <laughs> right. So um, they're doing a book called Superman of Smallville. Now, what these guys have been doing for the last few years, um, they did a couple of things. They, they had this 50-issue run on Tiny Titans. Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't read all of it, but um, what I've read with my son, we've enjoyed a lot. And then it, that kind of um, led to another book called Superman Family Adventures, um, which is a 12-part book. Um, that basically dealt with Superman, the Superman family, and Superman villains. Um, and then that eventually ended and led to a six- or five-issue miniseries called Superpowers, which was more about – it was a continuation of that Superman Family Adventures book, but it was also um, – it also included the rest of the Justice League. Uh, since yeah. then, there have been no um, other Art Balthazar books from DC – Art Balthazar – sorry, I should say Art Balthazar comics. There have been other books, like um, books focusing on the pets, things like that. Hmm. But no actual comic. So this has me really excited because it seems like, uh, it seems, because, you know, we, we've been reading other Art Balthazar books, but we've been missing new comic books. And also if you click on it, it actually has like a little synopsis of the, of the books. 
Um, they have yes. links. Yeah. Is, is this the first time that they're working together, these two, or have they... No, they always work together. Yeah. Okay. I don't you... understand... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say, because when you said that you like both of them, I was like, it's interesting that you like both of them, and then now they're together, so that, that must, you know, mean something. But if they always work together, then that's... Yeah, they're kind of uh, they're kind of old friends. They started a comic book uh, store together called IAC Comics. Um, and, uh, yeah, they always work together. Uh, they're currently working on another book, uh, drawn by Chris Giarusso, who, if you remember, did, I think it was called, these little strips from like 10 years ago in Marvel Comics, 10, 15 years ago, called, uh, I think Marvel Bits or Little Bits or something like that. These little strips that appeared in the, uh, like at the end of a book or something. Anyway, um, he also does another children's book called G-Man. They're working with him currently on a book called Encounter. Um, I can't remember who the publisher was, but we just got the first issue, and it's been uh, a lot of fun. Now, when I when I say it's been a lot of fun, I mean a lot of fun for a kid enjoying it with the parents, not mm-hmm. not for an adult reading it. I don't think an adult would get a lot of enjoyment from it okay. um, by himself. Uh, but looking at this, what I don't understand is that it's solicited for February 2019, which is almost a year away. Yeah, I don't know why it's so I'm far not sure off. when the relaunch. I mean, that this imprint is going to be released. Well, I guess uh, you know you don't want to rush it. I mean, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather someone say February 2019 instead of saying, "All right, it's coming out next month," and then it comes out and then it's subpar. So I, I guess that they're really trying to put some good work into it. That's always what I think when I see a far away release date for something. I would agree, but the guy is lightning fast. I mean, you should check him out on YouTube. The guy just in, in a couple, like, I swear to God, in like 15 seconds, he's got a, a sketch card ready. Um, you should see him, like, sketching at comic book stores. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to get all the issues in the can before uh, before releasing it. That also makes sense. That's weird that, it is weird that they... He's Clark Kent's gonna be in high school and Lex Luthor's are you gonna be never mind, they had that small villain. No. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's fine. No, I was I was just gonna ask um how many issues it was. Oh what would how many issues is what? Sorry, is it a graphic novel or is it is it a limited series? I don't know, it doesn't specify. That's why I don't know about this imprint. Doesn't it doesn't specify they're gonna be ongoing series or Oh right. Yeah, I don't see it. I've been scrolling up and down for a little bit. Mini series or I don't know. They don't specify, they just put the, the titles and the and the the writers and artists. Okay. So um the first one which I which we skipped was uh DC Superhero Girls, Search for... Now, this is a title that's been ongoing for the last, uh, I don't know, year or two? Or there have been uh, one-shots or limited series titled DC Superhero Girls, correct? Yeah, DC Superhero Girls. I'm surprised they have one just for this imprint. Yeah. Have you you read any of those? I read some. I didn't like them. I just can't get into it. It's too... uh, I guess girly. I don't know. Uh, okay. Are we are we talking the same artist or is it a brand new artist for this? Or? It's the same artist as the the ones they 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 had for since they started the series. 
Uh, well, there is not Art Balthazar, though. There is a huge push for women. Oh, I think, I think he meant like is the same artist from the from the series itself. Go ahead. Uh, no, yeah, no, I, I uh, just I was saying that uh, there is a huge push for women in comic books. I saw that they were releasing like single issues with like full front pages of these women, uh, of different women, uh, things like that. So I'm interested in seeing uh, where they're going to go, and hopefully they don't like oversaturate it. I mean, I'm I'm down for the message, but don't like milk it for everything it's worth. Make it tasteful. I, I just wish that they try to aim for both boys and girls. Don't just try to push it for one side, one audience, and leave leave the other um, left out. <laughs> well, no, I don't think guys are, are being left out. I mean, it, it was surprising to me. I was in the comic store, I think, two Wednesdays ago, and I saw two beautiful women walking around the comic store. Uh, shopping, and they were like nerding out, and I was like, oh, "Where have you been?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I, it's it's much needed, but I, I just don't like the agenda that's being pushed. Of like, all right, so now every week we're gonna do like something brand new, and we're gonna like ah, da, da, da. It's, it, eh. just just if you really are for that um, message, and you really want. Uh, Equality and things like that, which I'm guessing they're going for. Then, again, don't make it a cash cow thing. Just do it and make it good. But yeah, whatever. It's my little red pill moment. <laughs> uh, do we have a story for this at all, or like is that the, um, it's just the introduction to Mira? Go ahead. It's... No, it was just uh, I don't know. I. I never read a DC Superhero Girls book, to be honest. I don't know if it's popular with young girls. I hope it is. Because mm-hmm. um, that's, that's, that would be a great way to get into comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, to me, I, I feel that, yeah, representation is... But at the same time, it's it's really... The focus really should be on just good characters and good stories. Absolutely. I mean, I don't care if you're a guy or a girl. Yeah. As long as it's a good story, I think. Like, for example, um, um, well, I mean, that's not a good example, but I was going to say my wife was really into, like, she's not into comic books, but she loved Why the Last Man. Now, you could argue that it was because he was the sole character in a book that was populated by women, but he was the protagonist. He was the main character. And then she loved that book very much. Like, that's the only comic book that she actually read and continued reading to the end. Nice. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I don't want to speak on women's behalf because from my male perspective, to me, I don't I don't care what the character is, you know. Yeah, what I think people have to realize that um, any character could fit anybody's demographic. It isn't, like... A, a guy can actually be interested in reading a, a book about a woman or a, a book about a man, or a woman could be interested in a book that's about a guy or a girl. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. So just to push, oh, this is only for a female audience. And well, you know what? You put know on what? a niche. There's one doesn't thing. Work there's one me. thing I, I just mean. learned, which is really interesting, and it, it can like. It, be implemented into this it's like i've been wondering lately me being a twitch uh personality i guess i'm like why 
Why do women love Overwatch so much? Like, that's the only game I see every woman play religiously and yada yada. And I was like, what is it about that game that does it? Is because is it because there's women in the game and that's it? And I spoke to someone and she was like, no, it's because there's more to be offered than just the video game. One thing that she, like, highly uh, regards to it is the cosplay um abilities and you know they get to dress up and and just become these characters even more and it it just becomes uh, its own little world so uh that's interesting yeah i found that interesting as well no i don't know much about overwatch i just i've seen the characters and they look pretty interesting i just haven't played it i have my my boyfriend has it but he doesn't play it and i i haven't gotten a chance to yeah. I'm 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 so behind on video games. I just don't have to, like the last video game I ever played was uh, Uncharted 4. Mm. And that that was fucking amazing. <laughs> um, that was yeah, that was something. But then again, I've always liked Uncharted games. But I just unless a game is going to blow me away, I'm not going to invest time in it these days. I just don't have I can't spare the time. The game that I'm looking for like the only three games I'm looking to this year are I got a War 4. Um, is it called four or is it just got a war? Now? It's just got a war, but it looks okay. amazing. Yeah, yeah, look, it looks incredible. Um, and uh, Spider Man, I'm looking forward to that one. Hopefully, they get it right this time. Yeah, because it, it, it looks like they did. It looks like they did, honestly, from the from the um, you know, from from all the gameplay footage and all that stuff, and what they've been, just the way they're passionate about it, the the, um, the studio working on it. And then the third game, of course, is Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm. To me, those are the only three that I'm almost definitely going to get this year. I'm, I'm pissed off at um, Spider-Man, the fact that it's only a PS4. Like, I'm hating right now. But oh, you don't play on PS4? Xbox. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. So you like failing consoles. How Sorry. dare you? <laughs> I'm, re- I'm, really, I'm really not into that console rivalry at all. Like... I me neither. I mean, <laughs> Wait, I what? Console. I'm not into that console rivalry. Like, how are you going to say like you're whatever. not into console rivalry? You just created a rivalry between me and you. We can't be friends anymore. <laughs> <I'm just kidding laughs> I know. I know. Um, no, up until up until this generation, um, I actually did have an Xbox 3, the uh, PlayStation 3, and a, a Nintendo Wii. Hmm. Uh, I, I hate. PlayStation. <laughs> 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 but, uh, so that's two games you're missing out on. Uh, I well, you know what? My dad has one, and uh, he let me play his here and there whenever I'm around. Okay. So, like, I got to experience Last of Us and and things of that. Oh, nature. cool! That was yeah, a good game. Yeah, that was a good one. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to get him an Xbox just because, you know, I want him to be a winner in life. And um, <laughs> we're going to do this now. We're going to have back and forth. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I guess I'm not too biased, just a little biased. Uh, the only reason I, I want that, that now is because the Spider-Man game and the skins that they have for it, it, it looks really, really good. Like, it did look really good. So I'm interested in it. I really hope they've got the uh, Scarlet Spider and, and, and Spider-Man Ben Riley costume. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, they have two that are hidden, 
uh, that they release later. So I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't think. Do you think that's it? It's just those four. Probably not. Because that was a pre-order bonus, right? Those four. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you remember, like the best Spider-Man game of all time so far was um, Spider-Man Two, right? Yes. You remember, yeah, PlayStation Two. That was amazing, and they they had tons of skins in that game, if I remember correctly. See, I didn't. I, I don't remember the skins. I just remember the game. I, I'm either yeah, thinking I of, did like the game a lot when I was younger. I just don't know how it ages up to. I mean, like how it. No, it's ter- it does not hold up at all. I imagine. Mm. <laughs> it was a PlayStation Two game, yeah. Yeah, nothing really holds up anymore. But I remember that like Shocker was in there. I think Scorpion was in there. Yeah, it was a lot, it was really weird. They had so many different characters that weren't in the movie. Yeah. I don't remember the story at all. I just remember swinging and just being in awe at what yeah. you can do with Spider-Man. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, I heard the... I'm not sure if I... I never played it. It was um, Ultimate Spider-Man, which is a good one. That was good, yeah. I like that. And you can play as Venom and Spider-Man. Oh, I gotta, I gotta see if I could check it out one day. That's cool. And uh, I heard the, the Amazing Spider-Man. I, I had the first one. The that one was was okay, and then I heard the second one was all right too. Like the game, the the video game. Yeah, I I had I had that one. I, I didn't love it to be honest. The graphics I think were nice. I had the first one, um, but I just I, I think I followed followed the lizard down in the sewers. I think that was like the first mission or something. Uh, I I never continued the story. It was just not that interesting to me. Oh, so you just liked the, the gameplay then, right? Well, I didn't, yeah, I mean, it was better than the last couple of games um, before, I mean. I also mm-hmm. tried that uh, Shattered Dimensions one. I didn't like that one either. I never yeah. tried that one. I was always interested in that, but I didn't think I was into I wasn't, I didn't have money to buy games at that time. <laughs> right. It came out a long time ago. I think it looked mm-hmm. too cartoony for my taste. Just, just me personally. Oh. Yeah. But um, All right, so if, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to the Ultimate Awesomeness video game podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can start talking about video games. <laughs> uh, the, next, uh, the next comic that's on our list is uh, Ridley Pearson's Super Sons, but this is a graphic novel. It's not even a comic. Oh, is it? Oh. Okay. Yeah, so that makes me wonder about the last ones that we just looked at and whether they're going to be just graphic novels. Maybe they are. They probably are. Let's I think they probably are to be graphic novels. Is that good or bad? Have, have we ever had um, a brand that only dropped graphic novels and no comics? Mm. I guess Vertigo's had something like something like that. But no, it they, wasn't an entire imprint, right? Exactly. Of, of just graphic novels. They had comic books. This one, even me skipping yeah. ahead to, to Black Canary, is a is a graphic novel as well. So I'm guessing that the entire. Yeah, I think the whole entire thing is graphic novels. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering this if this Super Sons is gonna be different than the than the series that was going on previously, because I I heard that. They canceling it, the Super Sons title, the current one. Oh, are they? Yeah, it didn't sell well, so they 
already canceling it. That's weird. I heard it was really good. I was actually gonna actually guys. I mean, what you, what you yeah, think? the thing is, it might ha- it might get good reviews, but when it goes to sales, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't always uh like the book could have good reviews but not good sales. Right. That's dumb. Like, so so what entitles you to have good sales if it's not good quality? Like that 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 just Something. It goes by. They usually go by what sells, and they they keep the books that are going on. Is no, but that's, if it sells well, they will keep the book going. If it doesn't sell well, it won't. They won't keep the book going. But that's what I'm saying. All right, so let's say the three of us make a comic book today, and we drop it, and the people that do buy it, they're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! It's a revolutionary!" But it doesn't get mass appeal. So just because we dropped like a great book, regardless. Uh, They'll just cancel us just because people aren't keeping their ear out. Yeah, yeah of course. I mean, if it, if it doesn't make money, unless you're self-publishing, in which case you you can bite the bullet on that and just 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 yeah. continue publishing. I mean, it, it makes business sense to cancel a book that's not making money. It's just a shame if a book is really good that yeah. it just gets yeah. Canceled. It happens a lot. There's like it does. It happens a lot with the uh, underrated characters that have good time. Ty- um, Good series, but they don't last long because the sell price. I mean, the sell, the stunning's mark wasn't that good. And and the thing is, like, the Deadpool now is 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 like printing money for Marvel. I imagine, mm. like, it's it's one of their biggest. Oh cash yeah, mm-hmm. he wasn't a cash cow before. That's that's exactly it. Like when Joe Kelly first wrote the book, it was always on the verge of cancellation. He left the book after I think thirty two or thirty three issues, and the reason he left was because he kept having to revise and rewrite his scripts because they kept telling him, you're canceled. Oh, no, wait, you're not canceled. No, you're canceled now. Because he was always on the bubble. The book was always on the bubble. And now the book is like one of Marvel's biggest cash cows, the character itself. So I don't know. But then again, comparing Joe Kelly's run to what's being published right now, it was a lot more complex. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast. I don't want to repeat myself <laughs> but um no but it's just interesting how yeah sometimes if a book is not i think what what steven you were saying was that if it's an unpopular character if it's a unpopular premise um then yeah it might not sell as well and regardless of whether or not it's good it's it'll get yeah that's yeah, what i care about the sales but it, just in my mind i think that if something like that happens you can't blame the artist or the author at all i mean that that's yeah, you have to blame it on the on the people who's not buying it. No, that's the yeah. side factor of it. No, that's not who you blame. You blame the the publisher and their marketing team. I mean, if I have a good product and people aren't aware of it to where that product doesn't get a mass appeal, I mean, but sometimes they are they do put as much marketing they can and it still doesn't sell because people are not willing to trust a, a underrated character more than a popular character. Mm. And they might even read it and um, just not like it. That's weird. That's weird. Because if if we want to have that conversation, then I can automatically just jump to this Moon Girl series. Um, Ah, Moon Girl is not that good. (laughs) But one comic is is $30 the next week after it drops, just because, like, they introduced a new character. And it's, like, a lot of people are picking that up. So what's the difference between Super Sons and, and Moon Girl? And the Fantastic Three, like, 
I have no idea because I liked Super Sons more than Moon Girl, and for some reason Moon Girl is selling like hotcakes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how. That title isn't that great, to be honest. So have you guys read? Have you read the introduction of this uh, this Super Boy, this new Super Boy John in uh, Superman Rebirth? Mm-mm. Oh yeah. You re- Did you, Steven? Yeah, I read it. Superman Rebirth with Jonathan Kent. Yeah, yeah, by Peter Tomasti and uh, Patrick Lee. Yeah, I've been re- reading that. I've been picking up that series since it's been okay. going on. It's well, pretty good. I like it. Yeah, I like that. Like, I like the first arc where he was introduced initially. Um, and then I dropped the book after Patrick Gleason stopped doing the, the artwork. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his work, especially inked by Mick Gray. Um, so when he was no longer doing the, the art, I just dropped the book. I, I recently got it with Bizarre Story because he did the art chores on that. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought that introduction was really good. I really liked the character from that introduction. I liked the dynamic between, um, Superman and, and having a, you know, having a son. I don't, I, st- I, I can't remember where he came from, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I remember liking the book, though. I did recently get the uh, the first trade, and I read, like, maybe two or three issues of it. Um, I think two issues. And uh, it was it was okay. It wasn't great, to be honest. I didn't love it, but it was it was good enough to continue reading. Yeah. I just thought about the Super Sun title wasn't that great when I read it. And... Uh, but it wasn't as bad as Moon Girl. That's what I'm just say. I haven't read that book, but I've always been interested. In it. I kept hearing good things about it. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, mean, I haven't read it myself, though, so I can't. I, I know my opinion always differs from some people, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, last time we were just battling. Like, <laughs> we like it, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm if I'm too interested in like the, the Zoom now, like just because it's graphic novels. I, I don't think I'll be picking any of these up. Oh, and um, I don't know, but there's like a uh, black girl in there, and I don't know who she is. But, and I don't know who the other kid is. He looks. I think it's supposed to be Damien, but Damien I never seen him with brown hair. <laughs> it's just um, weird, but in the picture. Yeah, he doesn't look well, like a brown hair kid. No, I, I don't know either. I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, but I am looking. I'm trying to determine whether or not they are graphic novels or. Uh, well, it says the graphic novels. Yeah. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think they're all graphic novels. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but, I mean, like a majority of these, I feel like we can skip over the one that caught my eye, kind of that. That I'm looking at right now is uh, if if we're moving on to the next one, I guess just I'm looking at uh, Batman Overdrive and it's uh, sold as a millennial Bruce Wayne, uh, which could be interesting. The way they drew him, he, they made him like a kind of uh, I don't really know how to how to describe the aesthetic of it, but they have some sketches of him and uh, he he seems like a rich boy young dude type. You know who he looks like? Um, he looks like the the Bruce Wayne from Gotham, the actor. Okay. Oh, the kid. Yeah, he just looks like he looks just like him. I don't like that show, but I, it's interesting that they actually chose his. Oh, look like he right. chose his likeness. <laughs> he does look like him. You're absolutely. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Honestly, I'm not interested in the book. The, the, only, the only books I'm interested in out of all of these are books that I could read with my son. And from what I'm looking at now, it's going to be um, uh, Superman of Smallville. And you said your son is six? He's six, yeah. Okay. All right, so I guess that makes sense. I'm trying to skim mm-hmm. through. I'm looking at this Green Lantern Legacy. What is this? 13-year-old Lantern. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess this just isn't our cup of tea, or I mean, no. for for you. No, I mean, it, it would be too hard yeah, to, to touch these things. To be honest, for yeah. me at least, I think. I mean, because it's a, I don't know, it's interesting because I mean, this is about a Asian superhero, um, mm. and. He has, uh, he goes on the cover on his grandmother's life secrets. I mean, I don't know what that was that about, but, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird seeing, it's weird seeing young, um, superheroes. So like, I'm looking at him with his backpack and then he's just like two hands up and I'm like, go do your homework. Like, this, this is how I feel (laughs) looking at him. It's it's weird. But, there's always been kids superheroes since, I guess the Batman days, but I know. I'm just uh, just me looking at this sketch is just like, aw, you're adorable. <laughs> I don't know, but that costume with the skirt with the skirt looks kind of weird. I think they should keep the other one. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> maybe. And, uh, I think it's interesting. I think it was an interesting one. I'm not really interested in the whole Black Canary one because. The Black Canary looked like it's trying to, like, it's trying to, like, fit into the whole millennial demographic, like, mm. like the girls on the internet talking and chatting with her friends about fashion design and oh. music, and I'm like, okay, why are you doing this? It's like, the whole social media thing, it just kills it. <laughs> Well, it definitely looks like it's going for like an Asian aesthetic from the cover I'm looking at. Like, uh, well, I'm talking about the Black Canary one. Sorry. Yo, yeah, no, that's what I'm looking at. The the Black Canary. I'm looking at her with her two girlfriends and whatever. Yeah. And it has like an anime feel to it. Yeah, I noticed it has like an anime feel. So. Now, one thing we got to talk about is the last book on this list: Superman smashes the clan. Ooh. <laughs> okay, wait. Oh, now, that one looks interesting. I'm like, yeah, I guess I misspoke soon because that one I am interested in. Yeah, Jimmy Lang Yang is, he's a pretty good um, writer. I like him. He wrote Superman. Um, right, the Chinese Superman, right? He, he also wrote the Superman before during the when Superman didn't have his powers. Oh, that's right, with the Romina Jr. With Romita Jr., right? Yeah. Yeah. I liked it, that one. And um, he also been he also wrote a few Avatar, The Last Airbender books, and I like those, too. Okay. So I, I think he's a pretty good writer. Do we want to see Superman go against the Ku Klux Klan? I want to just... Yeah, they have happened. stories like that before. They have... It's a very, it's a, I think it's a very famous story about it. I never read it, but I've heard there is one that that's... Mm-hmm about the Ku Klux Klan already out. 
It's not this one, but there's one that's like really old. That's that's so weird to me. Like I feel like I should want to read this, but like it. I don't know why. There's just something that it it just doesn't catch me about this. It's just personally. I want to know what it's about, to be honest. And who are these characters we're looking at? Well, I think there's uh, all I can see is Superman, Lois, and Jimmy, but I don't know who the other characters. Oh, you know what? I bet that's Perry White on the right. Okay. Do you, do you okay. think so? It probably is because Perry. I'm not used to seeing. Well, Perry White is black in the um movie universe. But oh, is he? Not. Oh, that's right. He was uh, played by a uh, man. Lawrence, uh, Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, motherfucking Morpheus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> Educate me on Perry White. Maybe I missed it. Oh, the He's guy not, on the right? Uh, yeah. Can you say again, sorry? He's the guy with the... I think he's the guy with the coat. The oh, yeah, no, I pencil. see him, but I'm, I'm talking about, like, storyline-wise. Like, I, I feel like... Oh, he's, a, he's like a... He's a, usually a white guy who's uh, Superman's boss. I mean, Lois, Clark and Lois and Jimmy's boss, boss for the yeah. Daily Planet. Huh. Oh, okay. He's like, he's like the fat, round guy with the... With the... The great temples on his hair. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about now. But I was like, who the hell? I was like, what? <laughs> but yeah, no. Now, now I know. Uh, I remember Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> uh, all right. I really don't know who's the, the the. I really don't know who's the kid with the baseball outfit and the girl. The other girl. I think they're both Asian. I'm not so sure. <laughs> they look Asian. And the writer is Asian, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if, you, uh, if there's Asian characters. Yeah, you had to throw that in there. So I, I did find some more information. Uh, so the uh, DC Zoom graphic novels are 128-page books uh, that, are, that are being sold for $9.99, which is not bad at all. Um, and then the DC Ink titles will be 192-page, $17 books. Both, uh, so one is really young, and then the other one is, like, teenage? A bit older, I think. Yeah, I think so. I'm not positive, but hold on, let me see here. Um, DC Inc. will be aimed at young adults. And then, uh, let's see, where's uh, DC Zoom? DC Zoom will be aimed at middle schoolers. Okay. So I guess older older kids, or hold on, no, no, middle school be the younger set, right? Mm-hmm. And then young adults would be older than... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You, you know what? I, I will say that that gives me a little bit of hope for DC Inc. I remember when I was like a young adult, I was reading like Ned Vizzini books and things like that. Just a little more edgy because this is like your rebellious stage and me looking right. at the Catwoman tale, Under the Moon, I see the, the aesthetic that they're going for. So I, I, I have hope for it. I'll say that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully it does uh, bring in more readers. Mm-hmm. That's because we need to get oh. the next generation in, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's it's funny. I was just watching a video today with Art Beltazar, the guy who draws the uh, um, the Superman of Metropolis, or 
what was it called? Man of, what was that book called? Um, Superman, Superman of Smallville. Yeah. yeah. And he was talking about how getting all these readers, all these comic book, uh, young comic book kids, uh, rather young comic book fans, into reading more comic books and into kind of being part of the this comic book movement. So you see a lot of videos of him in his comic store, comic book conventions, uh, drawing these really quick sketches for all the kids and talking, to, trying to get them into comics. And he's talking about how if we don't get more kids into comics, then the industry dies in like a decade or two. That's mm. it. There's no more comics industry. I do agree with that. I yeah. think so. That's really So I did... I found something about the uh, Klu- um, the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan Superman book. Yeah. It says, um, it's set in 1946. It tells the story of an American Chinese girl who moves to Metropolis to find herself and her family's ethnicity targeted by the KKK. Through her experience with Superman in the radio serial, she learns to overcome some of the trials and understand what it means to be American. So it's not, I guess Superman doesn't really exist in this universe. It's more a story of this, this Asian girl who... Um, who has to deal with these, you know, this, this, these racists um, by essentially, you know, finding power, finding, uh, finding the will through her admiration of these Superman serials. This is what I'm taking you. That's cool. That that. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, that brings a little more interest to, for me into it. Definitely. Uh, yeah, because otherwise, if it's just Superman few clansmen yeah exactly that's exactly how i feel that's like yeah. okay you're not really gonna they're just gonna hate you in the morning with a, a sore head but that's really it um right i will say one thing just because you keep on you you bring up art uh balthazar and you bring in this clan thing uh to anyone that's thinking about like just just to, to clarify to listeners art mm-hmm. balthazar has nothing to do with it's <laughs> where <laughs> <laughs> definitely but i will say that if if you're gonna try to be a content creator like i i, I definitely I, i'm not too well versed on how art Balthazar, but i respect i guess the lane that he chose and now he's doing superman in smallville and he started off as like a small comic book uh shop owner that's cool as hell but um recently i met this gentleman that he if, if you live in new york city i believe every uh, Wednesday to Friday, he's in front of the MoMA, uh, and he has like this little road shop. So he'll just set up shop right in front of the MoMA and sell his comics. He actually tried, is he, well, he's in the process of making his own comics, and the, the superhero is called Shalom Man. And, okay. Yeah, he is, uh, he's a purely Jewish character. And he has the Star of David, like, imprinted on his thing. It's just the direction that it's going by and the art that I'm seeing it. Uh, it seems a little controversial in my eyes. I, I just want to give, like, some advice. I, I would definitely not take that route <laughs> of, of trying to, like, don't make your first comic book. Uh, Amazing Man beats, I don't know, Black Lives Matters or The Clan right. or something like that. Please. That's not the lane to do it. I, I guess. Is he? Is he himself Jewish though? He is, of course. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. softens softens the blow a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but I, I think th- there's an agenda for that. So like he he has like a con every year that's purely Jewish. So like it's the Jewish 
comic convention, and it seems like he's really trying to push that religious narrative. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, so it's a little, it's a little, uh, it's a little off-putting. Just as a as a regular consumer, like you don't want an agenda like that, which is, in essence, why I didn't want why why the Superman smashes the clan thing didn't really catch my attention because it's like, all right, that's noble, great, but I don't think he really has an agenda because uh, his other books are not really like that at all. I just think it's that book specifically. Oh yeah, no, hello. hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. My my mic uh, messed up. Uh, I was I was talking about uh, the Gene Luen Yang guy, and I'm not saying that he has an agenda. I'm just saying that if if you're going to try to write your own novel, I I wouldn't really. It's 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 it might be really really controversial if you start off with stuff like Shalom Man, who. But he's know. not writing Shalom Man, right? No. <laughs> sorry, I'm just no. getting confused right now. <laughs> no. Okay. No. I don't think he's like that because he isn't. He doesn't really push that on his other books. So. Yeah. I just think that this book is mainly trying to be in, like, an inspiring story about ra- um, racism. I just think this book is focusing on that. Yeah. No, it, it, this just reminded me of Shalom, man. And I remember seeing it. And I was like, mm, okay. Um, oh, hey, ch- check <laughs> this out. So Wikipedia says Shalom, man, is a Jewish superhero with powers similar to Superman, known as the Man of Stone. The defender of the downtrodden, <laughs> what? and the and and the kosher crusader. Shaloman was created by created by Al Weisner. Is that is that his name? Uh, it might be. It might be. Okay. That looks like that looks like the title of the books that I saw. That's so. Wait, what? The the yeah. kosher crusader. I love that. Kosher crusader. Oh yeah, my they god. Missed, they, they missed the opportunity because. Kosher is spelled correctly with a K, and Crusader is spelled correctly with a C. Mm. So they missed the, um, yeah. And, but this says in publication history that it was first uh, created in 1985 because he felt that there were a uh, few Jewish heroes that were a positive. And then, you know, that's, 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 a, that's honestly a good way to, you know, good reason to start a book, to, to kind of focus on a minority that you feel is not presented well. But I think maybe Shalom Man is too on the yeah, that's that's exactly what I was trying. You you articulated it perfectly, but I mean that what you just read to me it sold me. <laughs> I know, me too, right? <laughs> oh wow! Uh, I think the less the most I guess I'm like on um, the lo- the less interesting title is in the the Zoom is uh, Dear Justice League. I don't they don't describe anything in that book. And I really don't know what it. <laughs> it should at least tell me what is it about. But it just shows a bunch of Justice League members, and I guess that's about it. Yeah, I hear you. I guess it's a love letter. I guess so. With a ten-year-old fan, I think that's what it is. It's just it doesn't really interest me much. I guess. Uh, I guess it depends on how they do it. So I, I posted a link by, to uh, Shalom Man Comics. You can actually buy them online. Oh, wait. Yeah. I haven't posted it yet. Oh. There we go. It's now posted. Let's see this. Oh, God. <laughs> it looks awful to me. It's like the old school style. It came in 1988. Right. I guess he's been doing this for a while. Yeah. I don't think that's really his. Is it? It might be. Because this came out in 1988. 
I like that we're giving him some promotion right now. That's that's dope. Shout out to Shalom <laughs> Man. Shout out to Al Weisner for uh, being a pioneer, I guess, even though it, it is a little on the nose for me. But go him. We need more people with some balls like that. So Absolutely. I mean, I am really interested. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess are we going are we going down the ink titles? Or are we only uh, doing the ones that we're interested in this? Or to, to be completely honest, I closed that window. So <laughs> it, <laughs> I I'm, I'm, willing, <laughs> I'm willing to reopen it if you guys want to keep discussing those books. Well, I mean, um, yeah, it's up to Steven. Yeah, I'll just I guess skim through it. Uh, the mirror one seems a little bit interesting. I guess it's more of a love story with Aquaman. I think that's, this is the ink title. I think it's for young adults, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's... I, I know it's, wait a minute. It's just, Avrick, this gets more of a love-hate relationship as Mira aims to kill Aquaman. I'm like, gee. Oh, God. This, what is this, domestic, um, violence relationship? I think. <laughs> domestic violence oh, relationship. <laughs> Wow. That sounds like my usual MO. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. I'm I mean I'm looking at um Batman Nightwalker right now and it's 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 another love story, so I guess they're going for like the teen angst angle for these. So it's like before he was Batman, he was Bruce Wayne, a reckless boy, willing to break the rules for a girl who may be his worst enemy. Yeah, I think they all love stories that they yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? That's something that's 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 you know lacking in comic books—an actual love story. And I'm not talking about like a love story where you someone and then they get kidnapped and then you have to kill like 50 people to get them back, mm-hmm. but like a real love story where you absolutely hate the person that you love sometimes, and uh. and, and to kind of explore that. I, I I can't recall any loves any actual love stories. I mean, I know back in the 50s or. They were quite popular, but I don't know how deep they were. But that would be something I would be interested in reading. You're actually right. I think about it. I wonder if uh, it's Selena that they're talking about. Maybe. Uh, no, I'm seeing the most intriguing inmate is Madeline. Madeline. Yeah, it's not her. It's not Catwoman. Aww. Aww. <laughs> All right. And the one... I mean, I know the Harley Quinn one, the Breaking Glass, is not a love story. That one's just about activism. Oh. And justice for teenagers. Uh, I'm not sure I'll be interested in that one. Whoa. <laughs> it looks uh, like it's trying to push an agenda there. You see, that's... <laughs> but do you see this? Uh, Harley Quinn is an intersectional activist comic about drag queens. That's for young adults? I guess so. Wow. <laughs> Leading Cool is not working well for me. I don't know why, but I can't these um to open oh. other windows. But oh, I'll take your word for it. So how's the art look? It looks fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the art is bad. It's just the description is I'm not so sure about. That's all. It's weird. I, I don't think that I don't want to be controversial here, but I think that it's it's difficult when you try to approach that situation with such a young minds. Um, and it seems I'm looking at a picture of the artist Mariko Tamaki, and uh, she looks like she may have 
previously been a male, so I guess that's where the inspiration comes from. Um, well, I guess because um, um, transgender are actually been developed a lot younger these days, and I think that's maybe why. But do you call trans- transgenders drag queens, and do you market? Oh no, no, no! That's a totally different thing. I think I'm not. I'm not really into that stuff. I have nothing against it. Yeah. But uh, I'm not knowledgeable enough to comment. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not knowledge enough on it either. That's the thing. I, I would say they're different. Like transgender is more about, um, you know, actual gender identification. Yeah. Again, I, I don't want to talk about it and then complete moron. So. Yeah. Yeah. Forget about <laughs> I it. I will say <laughs> something interesting though. This person, uh, Mariko Tamaki, mm-hmm. I guess she wrote um, this one summer, which got you know, which which was critically acclaimed a couple of years ago. I have the book, I just have not read it yet. What's the What's the plot of it? If you want to give us a, like a quick. Um. Let me see what it says here. It says, uh, Rose has been, has been coming to a cottage an hour ago every summer, summer friend, Wendy, as long as she can remember. And it's actually Wendy, not Wendy. Rose is about 18 months older than Wendy and is the narrator of one's this summer. They start to explore their interest in boys and pay attention to the emotional lives of adults around them. Most of the adults and teenagers in the village are a Rose gallery of sad and burnt out uh, would be role models. I guess it's it's a coming of age story. Yeah, that's a little. That's pretty tasteful. That seems tasteful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little. Uh, that that seems to capture my interest a, l- a little more than the Breaking Glass one, even though I, I love me some Harley Quinn. And I like the cover art. I'm not going to lie. It, it reminds me of uh, Be More Chill by Ned Vizzini. But I guess only time will tell. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in the Gotham High one, I think. There. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. What's the synopsis of it? Is Gotham High by Marcella De La Cruz? Mm-hmm. Okay. And apparently the Joker is there and Harley. I mean, not Selena Kyle, but she's a Latina, which is different, I guess. She she can strike me as a Latina woman. In the regular. Yeah, Selena Kyle. Because um, Selena's already hit. Um, a lot of um, Latinos and Hispanics actually use that as a, as, as a name right. for their kids. Yeah, for, for women, yeah. Uh, let, let me give a shout-out to these two gentlemen that came and stopped by. Uh, tie-dye, what's up? I don't know what you mean by color by numbers now. What does that mean? And... Uh, Hey, Travis, thank you for sticking around and listening to us ramble about nerd shit. It's lovely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I'm sorry about that. Uh, continue. And, uh, that's, that's what I, um, is Wonder Woman Tempest doesn't really have an art. I don't know what 
that one is about um about Fitzgerald Wonder Woman who had um I think she's uh she disobeys her mother to rescue some refugees. That's about it. Which is pretty interesting, I guess. Oh my god. So, sorry, but Shalom Man's powers. <laughs> so, oh, so, so this is, I'm, not even, I'm not even kidding. Like, even if this guy's playing it straight, this sounds fucking amazing. So, Shalom Man's powers, and by the way, it's not Shalom Man, it's, it's one word, one M. Okay. So, Shalom Man is normally an inanimate rock. Until someone cries out the words of help, oy vey. Oh. <laughs> these words, <laughs> these words transform the rock into a muscular, curly-haired man known as Shalom. As oh, Shalom man, he, he has superhuman strength, undefined degree of invulnerability, and does not need to breathe. No. Fly, yeah. He can fly and is so fast he can create vortexes. He has super hearing, able to distinguish different sounds, even if he is above the atmosphere of the Earth, and sensor vision, which is a mix of telescopic vision. He also has superhuman senses. He also once had telepathy, but it was only for one story. <laughs> oh, like Superman, basically. In, in, in Shalom Man Volume Three, a substance called Sheenite can weaken him. So it's kind of like his kryptonite, Sheenite. Wow. Yeah, that's I'll, amazing. I like how you don't even have to create a backstory for him now just because he's a rock. Like He's just a rock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, my God, i got to ask him about this. I definitely, next time I see him, because he has some really good stuff, uh, Al, Al Weisner. He's selling, like, uh Secret Wars, uh, the the first origin of uh, the Venom outfit, and he has all this stuff. And then he's like, "Yeah, but you know, I, I also have this. If you're interested, you know." Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is actually his, his his origin is that three wise men used magic to give a rock shaped like a shin after being struck by lightning the power to become Shalom Man to stop the evils of the world. They named him Shalom Man because Shalom uh, can mean peace in Hebrew. This oh. is really good stuff. That's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, have you guys ever read that book? Um, I have it here if I can find it. It's called um, I Shall Destroy. Oh, I have it right here, actually. Um, I Shall Destroy All the Civilized Planets by Fletcher Hanks. I've never heard of it. So this is a book that oh, was initially published back in the 40s, and it is amazing. It's got it's, – it's very different from the other books published in that era – and that it's kind of like this, where these really out, 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 outlandish kind of uh, things occur and plot points and things like that. Um, it, you can probably find a preview of it on. Uh, I'll, I'll try to find one and then post it. But okay. it kind of reminds me of that, and that it's, it can be a lot of fun. I mean, um, his outfit looks ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole. Uh, the whole, uh, <laughs> his leg, his legs is all out there. <laughs> the That's right. 
So once, oh my god! Once you hit me with it. that oy vey line, I could not. Right. I could not, bro. Oh my! That's awful. <laughs> it, what? Are you crazy? It looks amazing now. The Man of Stone. Oh, I'm gonna oh, pick god. up a copy of that. I wonder. I wonder. And what, is he rip? Is he breaking a cracker? Oh god! Oh my god! Is that really a cracker? <laughs> Yeah, it's a cracker. Yeah. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> okay, we gotta move on. We gotta do. We we can't. Yeah, All right. we're on a tangent. All right. I think the one thing we need to talk about is, I guess there's a uh, there's Teen Titans Raven, which there's not much about it. It's just you just see Raven and Beast Boy on the cover. That's it. Are they a thing? They, yeah, they have been a thing, and there were they had there was a storyline in the nineties, I think, or two thousands. I'm not sure. I never read it. That they were together, and then there was in the Teen Titans um, animated series that that was like they came out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a more popular, famous one. Um, they had like a little spark. Of being in love with each other, but they, he, they did more of a focus of, um, Beast Boy with Terra and that. They did, they do do Raven like they tease it, but they never actually explored it. Hmm. That's about it. I will say I do like the art for it. Whoever drew the cover did, did really good, in my opinion. Yeah, the art looks real nice. I like it. Mm-hmm. Art style. And, I noticed the, uh, the Under the Moon Catwoman tale is about Catwoman fighting bullies, which is kind of interesting, I guess. Hmm. I like how she has That's Adidas on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. But that jack is pretty long. <laughs> it's edgy. I think that that's what they're really going for. Like, I thought that that's what I was going to see for the rest of these. Like, it's just edgy. And you got the black cat. All that stuff. I think that's so. about it. We already talked about all of them. Thank God. I am so interested in go- <laughs> jumping back into my realm now of like comics. Um, there's uh the DC Sandman imprint. So have you guys read Sandman? No. I never read Sandman. I only read like I only read Sandman Overture, and I. I didn't understand it because I didn't read Sandman previously. Yeah. And I was lost in that book. So I'm like, I think I have to read Sandman books and I'm, I end up, I'm going to pick up, um, a couple of them because I, I got into Lucifer. And I know he's a character from Sandman. Yeah. He was introduced in that book. I only read yeah. Sandman, the whole book. Um, like I've been, you know, hearing about it since I think the early 2000s. I hadn't heard about it before, but. I only read it like two years ago. Um, and you know how you hear a lot about pr- classic stories mm-hmm. that were published like 20, 30 years ago and people can't stop reading about it. Yeah. But then you read it and you feel like, well, it was probably good at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's, that's not Sandman though. Oh. Sandman is amazing. I think Lucifer is probably only good for his time because I've been, ch- I've been reading the, whole entire series and I'm not liking it. I'm having a different opinion than everybody else in the internet. Are you reading the, the new series or the... No, the old one. The okay. actual old one. 
and I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I would say check out the first Sandman trade because it is a really good book that does hold up. It's it's there's a lot of like Neil Gaiman creates a lot of mythology with his um these endless siblings because it is about Morpheus like the main character, but it's also about his sibling. Um, and it's it's a really good story. It's it's like 75 issues long, and it does conclude. There's a conclusion at the end, and it's very interesting. Like a lot of t- times, it's it's not even about him. It's it's about different stories that you know that he kind of because he's he's the king of dreams. And um, I, I would say that that that's one of the one of the books, one of the only books like dated books that I read and thought, okay, this feels like it was just. It was really good. I, really, I would definitely recommend it. I really want to read it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm dying to read it, but I'm too stubborn to buy the trade. I need the single issues. You know what oh I did? Um, I'm, I'm, Sandman, I'm you're not going to find single issues though. It's, so, he's yeah. popular. <laughs> what I did was um, I bit the bullet and I got like the first 13 to 15 issues were reprints. It was called, I think, DC Essentials. Sandman, so single issue reprint of the original books, but it was still single issues. Okay. Uh, um, and then the rest, the rest I could find really from seventeen and on, or fifteen and on. It was like you could get each one for like a dollar. Get out of Again, here. Again, as long as as long as you don't care about quality, um, which uh, I think you do. You mentioned last time. Yeah. Um, I do. Yeah. But I uh, shit. I feel like I missed out. There are titles that like I feel like I missed out on, but I will say that the cover art for this upcoming Sandman spinoff looks amazing. Which one you're talking about? I I should be looking. Um, I'm looking uh, at Sandman Universe. Right, this is Jay Lee cover. Yeah, I think it's about Jay Lee. Jay Lee. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, no, it looks amazing. I I love it. Yeah. yeah, the Sandman universe looks interesting. Do we have a synopsis? Yeah, they well, have. It says, it says yeah, the Sandman universe. It just says this one-shot special, the one you're looking at. Yeah, it's a one-shot dealt with that one, apparently. Okay. And it's supposed to like catch you up on um, what's been happening in the Dreaming, since the Dreaming is Sandman's realm, Morpheus's realm. Um, it says here that Dream has gone missing, uh leaving chaos in his wake. And then says, this is an, oh, there is an opening of a rift between worlds, revealing a space beyond the dreaming. One of the never written books uh, from Lucian's library has traveled to the waking world discovered by children. Interesting. Hmm. And a house of whispers has appeared alongside Cain's house of mystery and Abel's house of secret. So Cain and Abel are characters. Nice. I believe. Is Dream personified? Yes, he is an actual person. Okay. Called Morpheus. Ah, okay, okay. You must have seen Death, the uh, the chick with the um. Uh, with, actually, you would be. Familiar I know she with has her. a blank, a black tank top, and exactly, and she she wears an ankh as a necklace. Yeah. I haven't seen. She's it. got like. Really messy black hair. I'm sure you've seen her. You just haven't didn't realize it was. Hold on. Did appear in Superman, I think. In the if if you're searching, search for Death Endless because she's one of the Endless. Okay. Yeah. Death and 
Okay. Mary. She looks kind of like Domino. The, I, I, yeah, in that she has very pale skin. Yeah. Yeah, she has yeah. pale skin. I, right. I guess so she's, she's, the look is like Domino. Hmm. One of the siblings, um, the end of the sibling. Um, I, I would honestly recommend if to, to read at least, you know, you know, try to get your feet wet and, and read the first trade or first um, six issues or so of the original Sandman um, to see whether or not you want to read the series before diving into this one. Well, no, I've well, heard so much great acclaim about it that I, I know that I want to read it. I know that I need it in my collection. You know what right. I mean? But um, Yeah, it's just, I think Sam is Sam hard to find because uh, he is a popular character in the comic book space. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I keep on. I'm, I'm able to find Overture in single issues, but like yeah, because that's the most recent series. That's why. Okay. Those uh, those those came out not too long ago. I think like two years ago. I had to check yeah. again. The original series like twenty. I didn't get the. Okay. I didn't really get that story too much because I never read Sandman. I just jumped into it and I was like clueless. I was like, I'm gonna have to read Sandman. The original series to actually know what that book is really about. Okay. Alright, so which one's the next Sandman title that we're dealing with? Let's see. Um, it's, I think it's the Book of Whispers. I mean, not the House of Whispers. Yes, House of Whispers. Ooh, the art in this is so beautiful. And that one is, uh, let's see, um, it says, uh, House of Whispers will explore how the voodoo deity, um, Ezreal, Ezrulu, I guess, ended up into, in the dreaming with her teleter, a house. Uh-huh. And it says it might have something to do with Kamato's woman named Latoya. Whose girlfriend and sisters used to book a whispers to try and heal her. Now out of a coma, Latoya is suffering from Koltar's delusional belief that she's already dead and is transmitting her belief to others, catalyzing them to become guardians of the gap and ha- that has opened in the dreaming. What? Oh my god. <laughs> yes, yes. This is my, this is my realm of stuff. This is definitely like, Stuff that's meant for me. All right, I love it. And who's doing this one? Doesn't say. It's Nail Hopkins. That's what it says. Hopkinson. Oh, you're right. Okay. Right. Sorry. Yeah, it's right there. (laughs) I didn't read it. Um, And who's doing the art? Doesn't say who's doing the art. I don't know why. It needs to. Damn. Yeah, because the art looks beautiful. And even the next art book, see, I'm a fan of Owls, so I'm biased, but oh my god, they even have the Monas Hieroglyphica. Both these things I have tatted on my arm, so like... Because, you know, um, Books of Magic is like Harry Potter in the DC universe, Because <laughs> I read him, and he was in Justice League Dark, in the New 52, and he was basically Harry Potter. Oh, Does he have a scar on his forehead, too? No, I don't think so. I, I think, I'm not sure that that looked like a scar there. 
I don't think I remember seeing that when I read it. That book came out years ago. Um, but uh, I wanted to see what this character is like. Because um, I only read him from Just Sleep Dark. I, th- I thought he was interesting. I think all these look damned. Oh, man. Yes, I, I'm I'm really interested in this universe, and I think that they have a lot of potential for what they can do with this if they do it right. But with these concepts that I'm hearing, I, I don't think that they can miss, really, with, with the right demographic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want me to read the books of magic synopsis. Uh, I guess I'll take this one. Um We'll write Books of Magic, which uh, will follow up on Gaiman's 1990 miniseries of the same name and explore Timothy Hunter's magical education as he's torn between two powerful destinies. Spurrier will write The Dreaming, which will follow the Sandman's supporting characters like Lucian the Librarian and Matthew the Raven as they navigate a dreaming without dream. Uh, Waters will write Lucifer, which finds the titular devil blind and uh, I'm sorry, destitute, uh, trapped living in a small boarding house in a quiet town where no one can ever leave. Hmm, artists for the books have not been announced yet. Oh, that's kind of disappointing. Do you think so? I mean, I get, I mean, because the, the cover seems, looks intriguing. It does. And <laughs> it makes you... I don't know. You have to guess what the interior art might look like. I don't know. Mm, you're right. You're right. I like that it's so simplistic, and then the shadows reveal like some type of an, uh, of like engravings in the ground. Yeah. It seems serpent-like. Right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm into the whole occult thing, esotericism, so... Again, this is this is me. Am I the only one uh, in this in this? No, room? I'm I'm interested in in the books of magic because I read the character and doesn't sleep dark, and I think he's pretty interesting. Okay, he just wasn't in that book for that long, so that's why I don't know much about him. Hmm. Okay, I'm scrolling through. We have two more. We have the dreaming. Uh, which will follow the Sandman supporting characters, Lucian, Raven, and then Lucifer, which I guess we, we both just saw that in uh, Books of Magic. Um, that one says, uh, it says Lu- Lucian the Librarian, Matthew the Raven. Yeah, but that's exactly what it said in, in the Books of Magic, which is weird. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it says Lucifer there, too. Oh, it says the Walters will write Lucifer. I think, I think, yeah, they they put Lucifer there. I don't know why. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely interested in this universe that they're building, man. This this is two thumbs up for me. I'm really interested in a Lucifer book because uh, um, I like the TV series and um, it seems like off to somewhere else. Um, it looks like the the this comic book is following more of the TV show because they said that he meets a cop, which there is a cop in the TV series, but it's a female. And the comic book version to be a male. Ooh. I don't, I don't know if that's. 
too far as bisexual, and I don't know if they're gonna give him a gay, a gay relationship in the comic book. Yeah, that would be that would be. Different, this is show a different demographic, like a different perspective, I guess. That would be good. You know why? Because we don't see, um, like, strong uh, homosexual men. Maybe we don't. I haven't seen that in Midnighter? a comic book. Yeah, uh, Midnighters and Apollo is like the only oh. ones I think. Where are they and from? I've I've never heard of those. They're from DC or Wildstorm, if you wanna. Have you have have you not read The Authority by Warren? No, I haven't, and I really want to read Wildstorm too. The thing about The Authority is when it came out, it was it kind of was revolutionary. It was one of the first books. It, it was released like in the late nineties. One of the first books that did widescreen comics, like like widescreen summer blockbuster like destruction. In action. Hmm. Nowadays, it's more common, so I don't know if it still has the same impact. But those, what I've read from that, I've read like the first, uh, I think, four issues of Warren Ellis's run, and then whatever Mark Miller and, and, and Frank Quitely did later on. Um, I did like, but I don't know if it still has the same impact. Anyway, two characters there, uh, Midnighter and Apollo, and their lovers, and uh, they're both very masculine characters. Yeah, which is interesting. And I mean, Apollo is basically Superman, right? Yeah, and like Midnight is like a Batman character. <laughs> exactly. Wow. But he kills, which is yeah. guess, different. And um, and Apollo doesn't kill, so it's like they both have different belief systems, but yet they they stick together. And and the thing about Midnighter, he's very interesting. Um, he, he kind of um, he has his power. His power is basic. He, he's very well trained in martial arts and things like that. But his power is that. He can run run through like I guess hundreds, if not thousands, of scenarios in his head of what the other his opponent will do, and he'll anticipate anything you do and basically counter. That sounds yeah, think, it's like a taskmaster. You know what that is though? That's taking the Batman concept to an absolute extreme. You know how Batman's mm-hmm. always prepared? Mm-hmm. That's like taking that to the absolute extreme. Like, this guy's always prepared. He, that kind of reminds me of uh, Karnak, even though Karnak goes through algorithms but it, it, that's who it kind of reminded me of when you told me when you just said that oh, okay yeah i thought karnak was like he could see the flaw in everything yeah he's a flaw he sees a flaw in everyone yeah but the, the yeah. apparently it's not a superpower it's just he was trained so well that oh that like he sees the algorithms that's what i've read at, at the very least and oh, okay. i think it was like that at first and then he changed it that it was his power Hmm. Okay. Because I noticed they do make it seem like it's his power now, and in the Inhumans TV series they did that too. Yeah, because I was watching, like, I saw a little clip of Karnak. I, I think he might be. I love, I love his concept so much that he might be like my top three people now, just conceptually. And like he, he had like math equations floating in the air, and he was analyzing. Yeah, like, he, uh, he that was, was really interesting. I liked it. That I like yeah. how they. Display that because I was kind of afraid how they would display that when it, before the TV show came out. I like what they did. Someone, someone from the stream, my boy Tide, I said like Shatterpoint from Mace Windu. I don't know if anyone's well versed in the Star Wars lore at all. So, so what no, is he, I really what is don't know who Shatterpoint is. Sorry. Huh. Okay. So, wait, Shatterpoint from Mace Windu? Yeah. 
So Mace Windu is is the character, right? Sam Jackson. I'm yeah, not sure. Mace Windu. Oh, I see. It's it's a novel. It's it's Shatterpoint is a novel. Um, oh, the, that's why I don't know about it. I never read any of the science oh. fiction novel by Matthew Stover set in the Star Wars universe. Um, George Lucas wrote the prologue to the novel. Its main character is Jedi Master Mace Windu. Um, so, so what is this a reference to? I guess uh, to the powers. Uh, the, oh, I, I see. I, I guess I'll, I, so. Shatterpoint is a science fiction set in the Star Universe. George Lucas wrote the Mace Windu used a form called Shatterpoint, and uh, th- this is what he's telling me. So, is that the same thing that like he's able to see all outcomes or? Uh, try to, you know, predict what's going to happen, I guess. What it says here is that Shatterpoint was a possibility that can be used to sense the significance of an event. Um, when the shuttle to, to Durium landed on the sanctuary moon, Darth Sidious sent someone on board that was Shatterpoint and would have a great role in the course of fate. I'm not sure I understand it fully. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. In sense right. the significance. So maybe it is the same, I guess. Yeah, he's telling me that he can see the weakness to anything. So that's that's okay. cool. I see. I, I guess that this is a concept that's been explored a couple times. Huh. All right. I'll check it out. I don't like the Mace Window book that came out from Marvel. That one was there. Uh, uh, just, just I, Marvel just tweeted something. Do we? Did we already know who the creative team will be for the, the new Fantastic Four book? The only one is dance. I think is dance slot. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's so about here, it. I don't know who the artist. I'm gonna I'm gonna post this here. Um, for anyone, go to Mark. See it. Um, they're really milking it. I, I linked to the tweet. It's basically this this one minute video um, that shows you the cover at the very end. So you guys can just skip to the last few seconds. Um, it's a cover by Sad Ribic, your boy, uh, Prophet. Yeah. Um, but, but the actual art by Sarah Pacelli, who's good, I like her, but, um, and it's of course written by, uh, Dan Slott, and it's, uh, it's an August release, Fantastic Four. Yeah, I've, I've heard about things about it, um, and they're gonna have, um, apparently, uh, I read that Valor, Valeria, Richards yeah. and and Franklin Richards are going to be aged a bit, like teenagers. Oh, really? I, I that love that. that. Yes. Yeah, they're actually teenagers now. But they did that. Like Franklin Richards in the '90s was they pulled a cable with him where yeah. Nathan Bates from Summer they took I, him to the future, aged him, then brought him back, and then made him a kid again. I've read that. I actually read that one. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I liked that. So, so even though oh, I'm not interested in uh, in Iron uh, Dan Slott's Iron Man, I am interested in Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but like about like 10, 15 years ago, he wrote a Thing series that was really good. Oh, 10, I never read that. I I think I've seen it, but I never read it. It was like a it was like a short thing. I remember one of the covers being him looking like a detective in a suit with the top hat. Uh, am I correct? Yes, that's absolutely right. Yes, he, he came into. And that was that 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 was why he was wearing that suit, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, the, yeah, no. When it comes to when it comes to this Fantastic Four that's coming out, I actually read about it yesterday, and I looked at the cover, and I was like, I do want to see those kids be grown up, and because apparently Franklin is like, 
something else. Like his power is oh uh, yeah next level. He's one of the I think he's one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel universe. Yes, yes. Yeah, I just didn't like that. <laughs> Reed Richards is trying to like um, stop him from using his powers, even when they when they actually needed him. They was like, no, don't use. Was that in Hickman's run? Yeah, and he was like, okay. no, I think it was in Hickman. It was probably Matt Fraction's run. Okay. And I noticed, like, Franklin was just very emotional that he couldn't actually help out. Like, it's kind of hurt him. And I could see that. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of fell for him at that time. Well, I still have this gentleman commenting right now. I just want to read this out. He says, uh, like, he knows when the perfect time to act, like if killing a moth would cause an earthquake that would have... Uh, killed Darth Vader, Mace Windu would have known when to step down, or if there was a point in a major battle where a key player would make or break the fight, he would know the path and action to make uh, a difference. Mace Windu is the shit. All right. <laughs> well, that's cool. And, uh, that I guess is that interesting. Means, yeah. yeah, I didn't expect that. Uh, I, I, but just to jump back into Fantastic Four, I believe, I, I don't know where it was, but I read about it in a recent... Um, in a recent Fantastic Four run, and it really caught my interest. The fact, I think it was Franklin uh, in the future when he's an older man with a beard and everything, how he resurrects Galactus and he makes his own Galactus. Uh, spoiler alert. I think we need to start these uh, streams or these, these videos with spoiler alerts from now on. Oh, I, I think I saw I see. where he's saying, to me, my Galactus, right? Uh, something like that, yeah. And then he just I wakes saw that up. Panel. Yeah, I remember there was in Jonathan Hickman's run that uh, that um, Franklin Richards was a herald for Gal- Galactus, the future um, Franklin Richards. That's nuts. It is pretty nuts. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's let's get back on track. That that is definitely going to take like some time. I feel like we can definitely talk about that. But let's finish this DC. Some books. Uh, All right, so I guess one, the black label. Okay, great. So the black label. Um, this is the one I think that's of interest to all three. Yes. Um, it's got very familiar creator, uh, very familiar characters. Um, although, um, I guess that this this first one might be a little bit controversial. Um, what do you guys think of Frank Miller? By the way, I think he's pretty good. Um, I like his. I do like Dark Knight Returns, and I do, uh, yeah, I did like the Dark Knight Returns series. Anything after that you like? Because uh, I think not, no one no one argues about that. It's it's the work that came after Sin City that people that you know that's the kind of the point of contention when it comes to Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've heard he has a lot of good work, and he has. A lot of inspiration and in media out there already. Like the Dead Arrow series had some influence from Frank Miller. I mean, I enjoyed the Sin City, the first movie. The second one was not that good. Oh, the first but movie was I also, awesome. I do like 300 as well. That's about it. Yeah, I think so. So his Daredevil run, of course, is legendary. And then he did Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One, um, which I agree are all great. Um, and then he did Sin City, which I think was revolutionary in comics. Mm-hmm, the yeah. comic itself, the way it was done, you know, in that uh, black and white shadow style. But um, and then I think things started to fall apart in terms of fan appreciation with uh, 
DK2, Dark Knight Returns 2. Yeah, That's I heard that one was not that good. I never read that one. I heard it was pretty uh, bad. I read it. I don't hate it. Um, the first time I read it, I actually liked it. And then I read it again just a couple of years ago. Or about a year ago, just before Dark Knight 3, The Master Race came. Because I bought that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't hold up to me. And then The Master Race was... It was so-so, even though it was, I think, written by, co-written by Brian Azzarello. I, I didn't love that book, to be honest. I actually liked it, that one. <laughs> I, I like the Master Race. I did like it. I didn't like the short stories that Frank Miller wrote. Like, there's like a, there's the main story, and then they have the short stories afterwards, which the short stories kind of sucked. But I did like the main story of the Master Race. <laughs> uh, what about you, uh, Prophet? Did you, what, what, what are your thoughts on Miller? Uh, Miller, you know what? I didn't get to appreciate his work like that. Um, I, I think he was just a little bit before me and I was more into like, I, I think I just passed on Miller. Like I didn't get to really enjoy his books or really enjoy his art. And especially before this year, I, I wasn't paying attention to who was writing the books. I was just enjoying the books. Okay. So, you know, so I, I can't really give an opinion, but the artists I love, I love Ramita Jr., even though a lot of people don't. Um, I, love, I like him a lot. I like uh, him in Kick-Ass. I loved Kick-Ass. I loved uh, his his run with uh, Hudlin on the Black Panther. That was one of my favorites. Um, I know there's other titles that I'm missing, but I'm a fan. Uh, that that was my my favorite artist, period. I like them in Superman, too, for the New 52. Hmm. A lot of people with don't Jeff like the John's. New 52. Oh, Superman. A lot of people don't like his... Uh, I liked it. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. So how are they approaching the Superman story? So what it says here basically is it's a groundbreaking definitive treatment of Superman's... Cl- so just just to, to, to backtrack a little bit, this is DC's black label. Black labeling. What this is essentially is this allows this allows creators to do what they want without any risk or fear of... of uh, stepping on anyone's toes in terms of continuity because the main books are the main books. They're not affected by this. Someone dies in these books. If the origin has changed, it doesn't affect the actual continuity. Kind of like in Elseworlds, kind of like Dark Knight Returns, actually, in a lot of ways. Um, so so this first one is Superman. Sorry, do you want to say something? No, no we didn't no. say anything. He yeah. always <laughs> I remember the last podcast – no one actually said anything, and you thought something said something. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but it's okay. You're getting paranoid on us, E. But, <laughs> so it's a groundbreaking, definitive treatment of Superman's classic art story. In this story details new revelations, reframed the Man of Steel famous milestones from Kal-El's frantic exile from Krypton to Clark Kent's childhood in Kansas to his inevitable rise to victory's power. Um, so basically it's a retelling of Superman's art. Yeah, it's another retelling of Superman, which I'm getting tired of, honestly. (laughs) I'm wondering, because it's Frank Miller, he can go one of two options with this. He can go his edgy way that he's been doing, or he can try to do the mass appeal way, which people want to see him tone down for. I'm interested in seeing how he'll approach it, but I'm also seeing... uh, 
I, I don't like the clean Superman. I never liked clean Superman. I want to see him with some blemishes. So to see a little something different, like if he's exiled from uh from Krypton, let's say that there's a backstory where he does something bad in Krypton and he doesn't leave on the best, you know, on the best graces, uh, that would be cool to see. I think that Frank Miller can definitely bring something new to the table, possibly. So I'm I'm excited for it. Personally. Now, now, do you, so, so you take that to mean a literal, literal exile. He's actually banished from Krypton, as opposed to. So, so you take it as a complete retool. That I, aspect of his art. I think, yeah, I think if they're going that far back to go to his exile from his childhood growing up, I think it's just going to be a whole brand new thing. Uh, I think Miller's going to try to to bring his own little narrative to it. Um, I would again. Rider will rise to become the most powerful superhero, or most powerful and inspiring, inspiring. superhero. Yes, yeah, so I don't think I think it's like a positive thing again. <laughs> well, maybe maybe there's uh, some retribution or some like rebirth type thing to where he learned his mistakes. I don't know. I, this is all speculation, but again, I just I just want to see Superman with some blemishes, with some war scars. I don't want to see him clean. I really don't. Uh, we've seen enough of that previous. Right. Just my opinion. But what about you guys? I just hope it's pretty good. And um, I'm glad it, um, Frank Miller's not drawing the the, the book because uh, <laughs> he doesn't. He he's so old that he can't draw as good as he used to. So it's like I I I got I got to disagree with that. I don't think it's that he's so old. I mean, you you see our up until their 80s and 90s, drawing just as well as they, um, you know, in decades prior to that. I think what he's doing is a conscious choice. So I think his development as an art style. Oh, because I don't like, I didn't like the, the, the Dark Knight. The backups? Returns. Yeah, the backups. They were I didn't like them either. I, I agree. I, I, I think and it's crap as well. I just think it's a conscious decision to, to, to and draw the, like that. I read the first issue of Cersei's and it was terrible. And I'm like, I love his art back then. It looks amazing, but like now it's, 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 I guess, it's, I don't know if his hands are not, they can't draw as good as they used to. I don't think that's, that's it. I, I honestly think it's a decision on it to, to draw in that way, you know, as part of his development. I feels like, this is um, this is how he wants to draw things. He's like the edgy old dude that like he's like the John McAfee of comic books. No, it doesn't look the style doesn't look the same as the old style. I but he's, old style. I mean, he, but he has to develop it. You know, if, if his style looks now as it did years ago, then honestly, he's a failed artist. Because if you mm. look at any any of these people who you look at their you know art five years apart and you will definitely see development and changes. Um, I I agree that I'm not a fan of this stuff. I would I would kill for him doing a Batman or Superman in the same style that he did Sin City. That would yeah be that's fine I I agree with that. Do you think that it's telling that he's not doing the artwork for this or? No, is is this is this John Reed Jr. I don't think he's doing artwork for that. No, no, I'm but saying. Th- do you think like it's telling that he decided not okay. to do artwork? Yeah, I 
that for that one, but he's doing artwork for Cersei's, and that's coming out right now. It was out already, and the artwork didn't really capture me like that. It looked yeah, uh, it didn't capture me either. I heard that it was um, good though. Just throwing that out. No, I didn't like it, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, I am interested in this book. Um, I, do you guys know if it's a graphic novel or a limited series? I think, I don't know. This, I think is a, probably a graphic novel. I don't know. Okay. No, don't say that. Don't say that, please. Well, is this, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they are, so let me not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that these are comics, because yeah, that's oh. just what I'm hoping. I prefer comics as well. Yeah. And then there's uh, Batman Damned by Brian Azzarello and Lee Bert Bermejo. Bermejo? I pronounce it Bermejo, but I'm like... I don't know. No, that sounds right. That, that seems like the Spanish way to say it. Bermejo. It probably is. Okay, so so sorry. Just, just some more details on Batman... Here it says it's a three-part series. Now, it doesn't specify if it's a three-part graphic novel or three-part comic, but I would imagine it's... Yeah, me too, which gives me hope. Right. And basically, the selling point of this Batman uh, damned is Batman and John Constantine, which it gets me. I wonder if... If if he'll be able to bring those supernatural elements to Batman's world and how well they'll mesh together. Yeah, I like that. I'm pretty interested in how Batman and John Constantine will work. Yeah. Is this the first time something like this is happening? Not really, because I remember, I think before the New 52, they did something. I never read it, but I did see, like, pictures of it online. And there, there they, and the Just the Dark book, um, not book, um, the animated DVD they had, uh, Batman working with John Constantine introducing just um, just the dark characters. I liked that movie. It was alright. But um I just want to see more of it, like actually explore it. That was just a taste of it. Okay. Alright. Um uh, I'm seeing another thing. Whispers spread of the news. Joker is dead. I don't know if we want to I don't do we want to read this? <laughs> like I don't I don't know if I want to <laughs> read the rest of this. Oh. I imagine that's going to I mean the story Well, it deals with the Joker's identity and uh I think it's is exploring what Joker is as a person, I think. I wonder if the Joker it will always now be Jack Napier or not. That'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see. Joker's always different things. I don't. I'm not sure if he has a clean cut actual persona. Like but a, but I'm saying like in again. in the White Knight when he's not the Joker when he's back to being sane, his his real name is Jack Napier, and I don't know if there's been like a, another name that's been attributed to him being sane, but it'd be cool to see Jack Napier come back or or something like that. I don't know. Well, they have used Jack Napier before. Have not they? the first. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, White Knight is not the first one. They just they they just took it from the um I guess the main combo the main combo. That used to be his name his secret identity before in the 
in the early 80s and 90s. Interesting. So yeah, no, I, that both of these are definitely hits for me. I'm, I'm picking up both of these. Especially the second one for me. Which one? The Batman one. Yeah, I like that one too. That's interesting. I, I'm more it, between the two of those, Batman and Superman. I'm more interested in the Superman one. It has potential. I'm more interested in the Batman one for me. <laughs> yeah. Right. I just don't. I'm just not interested in the another retelling of Superman's origin. I just I, I think I don't pay too much attention to him, so to hear something that's not the standard, oh, you're saved, now be our Jesus, like, you know, the, it, it'd be refreshing for me, but, you know. Have you, have you read Kingdom Come? No, I haven't. I haven't read that, that either. That's a good book. I mean, it's, it's a DC comic, but I mean, it's the DC universe, got a lot of characters, but it, it's kind of a superman sense. That is a really good book. You, you def, both of you should probably read it. It's got beautiful art by Alex Ross, um, fully painted. And the story is really, really Okay. I love the artwork for it, that, that like old school shading, really, really detailed. Yeah, uh, that artist is pretty good. I like his art. Wait, are you talking about Kingdom Come? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I like that. I like that one. Let's talk about... Oh, I got, I got that one is not old school. That one's fully painted. Alex Ross art. Ah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. It does look like a painted piece, comic yeah. cover. Um, yeah, let's talk about Lee, the Lee Berhamel um, yeah. art. He's, his art is great for me. I got mixed up. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I like his art as well. Yeah. The cover doesn't tell me enough about his art, but it does look promising. I like I like the background details. You can check on Google. You'll probably see something. Is there back. something we're not seeing? I'm, I'm, I, I kind of feel like there's something we're missing in the cover, like a silhouette or something. Or is the negative space, does it form anything? Is there a body in there? No, it's just um, uh, gargoyle statues and mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but, but if you look at it from far away, look at the... the, the, the you know, the actual details and then the negative space of the shadows. Can you see anything in there? I, I kind of feel like we're missing something. Maybe. All I see is a building, uh, gargoyles, and Batman uh, just jumping off the cliff. I don't know. No, I mean, if you squint your eyes and think of all the anything that's not black, think of it as white. Does the shape emerge? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch what you're saying. Um, if I look at the artistic details, Batman's facing the same direction as the gargoyles. Um, uh, his cape is, is different. You don't see his arms. It's like they're wings, which gives him kind of a supernatural feel. And I'm not sure if the black on the right is the ground or more of the top. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's a building, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Top of the building we're looking at. I okay. think so. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Maybe that's one of those things that, like, we'll find out later in the future what that is. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So I guess the next one is uh, Wonder Woman, Diana's daughter. Out of all three of these, this may be either my first or second, like, anticipated one. 
the reason the reason I say that is because before before we read the synopsis, um, when Black Panther came out, I was like, they should have treated Wonder Woman like this. I would love to see Wonder Woman in her Amazonian roots, being the queen, more tribal. Uh, you know, just being who she is in the essence of it. And when I see this cover art, it's beautiful. She's with a lion. It's more animalistic. And I think that this has huge potential. Um, so, so just just to clarify, that cover belongs to the book um, Wonder Woman Historia, not the Rucka book. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because it actually says Kelly Sudonic on the... The- right. Oh, okay. All right, so I got those mixed up. Apologies. So I guess Wonder Woman Historia is the one I'm really, really anticipating. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys think Phil Jimenez, um, I like his art, but it's very comic book. Um, yeah, like I like his art. Comic, it's beautiful. But it's, it, it doesn't look like this, though. Do you think? Do you yeah, think it's that, different. Go ahead. If, if he's doing the whole book like this, I mean, I'm sold. Yep. If this yeah. is his artwork. Yeah. I would like a different art style. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, is he going to do the whole art book like that? I mean, if he has I the time know. to. You can't really tell. <laughs> I mean, if he has the time to, that would be great. But to put that much detail, I mean, to just look at that damn art cover. It's beautiful. That, to see every yeah, page like skirt. that. The skirt has, like, sparkles. I don't know if you see it. Yeah, I yeah. see it. That would be amazing. But I, 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 maybe they're not uh, holding any expenses for this for this uh, DC Black Label stuff. So I, hopefully we see it. I would love to. Um, I, but I guess we're skipping over Diana's daughter. I'll, I'll read that one really quick. It's been 20 years since the world stopped looking to the skies for hope, help, and inspiration. Now the world keeps its eyes down, and the powers that have risen... Uh, have every intention of keeping things that way. Amongst a scattered, broken resistance, a young woman seeks to reclaim what has been forgotten and on the way will learn the truth about herself, her heritage, and her destiny. I'm interested. Yeah. I wish we had an art cover for it. Yeah. Or or an artist. Yeah. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about Greg Rekka. I don't know. I like some books. I don't like some books. I guess I don't know what to think of him. Um, I feel like this this is some type of social commentary. You know, how like we're always looking down at our phones now and you know, the powers that be wanted to be like that to dumb down society. So uh we may see it, it, it seems that way if if I'm if okay. I'm reading it. So we we may get some like wake up America type things. <laughs> right. I think that's interesting. Yeah. So I, I so, so far I, I I don't think we've had a miss on this black label. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I like the historical one because uh, I li- I really like Kelly Sutonic when she wrote Captain Marvel. So uh, I think she can do well with um, Wonder Woman. Hmm. All right. So so what this what this um so it's Wonder Woman history of the Amazon. Um, a homeric epic of the lost history of the Amazons and Queen Hippolyta's rise to featuring monsters and myths, this three-book saga. Okay, so so it seems like most of these, if not all of them, are going to be multi-issue and not, so that's good. Mm-hmm. So this three-book saga spans history from the creation of the Amazons to the moment Steve Trevor washes up 
on the shores of Paradise Island, changing our world forever. This is very interesting. Absolutely. Uh, I've been really interested uh, in seeing that. Once I saw the art cover, I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I just it, hope it looks, sounds like a, another origin story with Wonder Woman. <laughs> but go ahead. But have we seen her, like, in an Amazon, like, all right, if you guys have read the Hudlin Black Panther series, have you guys read, like, the first two issues of that? No. I never read I, I, I have, but I, I can't remember it, to be honest. I remember, like, first issue was um, a lot of fighting and tall ground. Yeah. Right? The- and it, it, it was it was T'Chaka, correct? It started with T'Chaka, flashback or no, actually, uh, it starts off the beginning with like a tribe trying to like break into Wakanda and like Wakanda has these like, uh, cat teeth traps that like they penetrate them and then just like in the movie you see that, uh, Ciri's making her way to go try to initiate herself to be the Black Panther but some masked man comes in and beats, uh, the person that's supposed to be Black Panther and then you realize that it's Chitala. So it's uh it I think it plays out kinda like the movie. Uh did the movie do that? I'm not remembering right now. I don't remember that. But um, no, I, I got lost trying to catch all that information, so <laughs> Well that's I'll, I'll I'll talk about it maybe next time when I probably listen to a podcast myself. Okay. Well yeah, that's how that's how the Hudlin series was, but I loved it because like you see uh, utopias, you see metropolises, but you rarely see, you know, the Amazon and, you know, the essence of it. Did, have, have we seen Wonder Woman? We, uh, we've probably seen her in the Amazon, but maybe not to this extent. Well, um, Brian, Brian, I mean, speaking of Brian Azarello. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about, Brian Azarello. His, his, his re, um, new 52 book, I think, uh, Stephen, was it Cliff Chang? He did the, uh, Yeah, it was Cliff Chang and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I liked it, that series because it had, it was like the first time that deal with Greek, um, Greek, um, mythology lore and yeah. it was very Amazon heavy and it was more of a Greek mythology Wonder Woman book to, to me. And I, that's why I liked it so much more than, than the late, the, the new Greg Recca, uh, Wonder Woman series that was going on for Rebirth. I didn't like it at all. To date, that Brian Azarello run is the only Wonder Woman book I've ever, I've ever read. Interesting. And I like it a lot. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm not saying the others were bad. I just said I'm just saying that I, I didn't read a lot of Wonder Woman books. But that That's, one is good. It, sorry. Yeah. No, I just realized because uh, now that I mentioned Greg Recca, I guess my brain wasn't really working that well, but. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I'll be that interested in Wonder Woman's Diana daughter because I really don't like how Greg Rekka likes writes Wonder Woman. I think. Can I, can I quickly say something? Uh, e, you told me to look at Lee uh, Lee Bermejo's work. Jesus Christ! Wow, this guy is really good. Yeah, he's he got is. an almost painted style, almost like a lot of ink. Yeah. It's really nice, yeah. It's really nice. I, I, you don't really see art like this. Well, uh, I don't really see anything to this detail much. So, I mean, it, it's really gritty. I like it. It is. But it I'm clearly sorry. takes a long time. Obviously. 
but yeah, I just went to throw that in. I apologize. Continue, guys. Um, I think we're on the other history of DC Universe. John Ridley. So what's the story on this one? This kind of caught my interest. So, so this says it's a literary series. Does that mean it's... Wait, you kind of broke up at the end over there. Yeah. Hello? So I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just wondering if this is a comic or not literary. It's more of a, I think it's more of a, I heard it's like a documentary kind of thing, like a, it's like oh, so a, like, so like with accompanying art, but not, not an actual comic comic? Yeah, like an anthology on, on diverse superheroes, like. I guess like this is, they mentioned John Stewart, Extraño, Vixen, Supergirl, Katana, and Renee Montagna. And is it among others? That's it. What I was expecting is New Gods or some like something like that. Some like No, I think it's is is basically diverse characters. Interesting. Or, like, I guess it's just females and, and Characters that isn't white, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is the only miss that we've gotten so far from this. I mean, it doesn't really give us much. No, no. I mean, unless we know more. I just think this book is interesting to talk about the history of these characters. I mean, diverse characters throughout the comic book history. I think that's what it's all about. I guess it's trying to get caught, um, grab people's attention of, you know, people who have different back racial backgrounds. I hear you. I mean, they better do it right. I mean, it, it, it has potential, but right now, it, it, does it have me? Absolutely not. No. All right. That seems um, lazy. The next one is Batman Last Night on Earth with from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. So have you guys read Snyder and Capullo's Batman? I did. I love his Batman. Yeah. When was this? Um, the New 52. Since this one's 2011, and I think 2015. Is is it still going on? No, no. Tom King took over. He was. Yeah, they wrote a lot of issues. It's was, it was a lot. Okay. All right, and you guys are enjoy enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'm guessing he's before um, Tom King. That's that's it. I don't know how I felt about it. I didn't read the. I, I read, um, I read the all the way until the death of the family, um, and I had mixed feelings about everything, even Court of Owls, even Death of the Family. Um, I don't know why. Like I was reading the book and I was reading reviews and, and reviews. Like you know, I mean, it was quite a critically acclaimed book. People loved it, and I love the art as well, like Greg Kapoor. Um, Danny, Danny Mickey, is that the guy who did the ink? I guess so. I didn't, I don't, I didn't follow the ink. Overall, it's really, the artwork is really, really good. Um, but I don't know why. I just, it never really grabbed me. Um, and, and Snyder did, I think his first Batman work was, uh, pre New 52. He did, uh, a run on Detective Comics, um, he did this storyline called uh, Black, was Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. I think it was Black Mirror, yeah. Um, again, critically acclaimed. I, I myself didn't really thought it was okay. Um, and so for me, it was 
my, my feelings are mixed on, on his run. Um, I am interested in, in this just from from the title, Last Night on Earth. I haven't read um, if either of you want to do the honors. I'll do the honors. Um, Batman wakes up in a desert. He doesn't know what year it is or how the Joker head is the Joker's head is alive in a jar beside him. Wow. <laughs> but in the beginning of a quest, unlike anything the Dark Knight has undertaken before, in this strange future, villains are triumphant society has liberated itself from burden of ethical codes, fighting to survive while in the search of answers. Bruce Wayne undercover, uncovers the truth about his role in his, in his new world and begins the last Batman story ever told. Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> no, it, it, it sounds really good. Hell yeah. I'm, Hell yeah. I'm really interested in this because uh, um, I really like Scott Snyder. I love, I'm one of those people that actually love Scott Snyder's run for, for Batman. And I've, I've read every single issue of it. And the only one I didn't like was the All-Star Batman. I just when Scott Snyder started turn, um, I guess, running out of ideas and that book only lasted 14 issues so I don't think it sell pretty well but um I'm really that's why I'm really interested in his Justice League run I really like his writing and I don't know and he did tease the future often in the in the Batman books and I would like to see that explored finally Yeah, I think I'm excited for this one too. I mean, just just uh, you could have stopped that Joker's head is alive in a jar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, I uh, always. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Oh, uh, what, what I was gonna say is, I I always try to view something. I I I'm definitely over analytical to a fault, but like with things like that, I look at it as a psychological. Uh, aspect and uh, that seems like some type of duality for for Batman to be running around with his arch nemesis's head. I'm guessing he's not just going to throw it in a river somewhere. He's going to run around with it and try to figure out something and whatever dialogue that the two are going to have to where he can actually sit there and have a dialogue and it's necessary for him to have a dialogue with the Joker's head. I think it's going to explore different uh, mental realms that we haven't really seen yet. And we already know that um, like Batman and Joker are two sides of the same coin. Like they complete each other in a lot of ways. So right. um, that's that's definitely something awesome. And I think that that's something that they had in mind when they when they did this. So I'm interested. Like, I, I would say I would say Batman is absolutely the absolute adult, whereas the Joker is the absolute child. Like taken to an absolute extreme. Wow. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I don't know why I just thought of that, but it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does, actually. Even though I don't want to look at the Joker as a child, um, I, I definitely get what you're going for there. I just, I I mean, the thing, you know, I know Scott Snyder does too many stories of Joker, and <laughs> maybe he needs, I don't know if he needs to, uh, I'm interested in this one, though. I just kind of like, uh, maybe stop. I mean, can't just write about somebody else besides the Joker. <laughs> but this one gets me intriguing. I don't know. Okay. All right. Uh, is that it for the DC books? 
That's I think that's it for the new label, for the new imprints, yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's about it for the imprints. Um, 